Today, my guest is Julie Feldman, therapist at Urban Wellness. Hi, Julie. Thanks for joining me today. Hi. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Um, so I just kind of wanted to start off our conversation with a lightning round of knowing your experience a little better at UIUC. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask you was what your favorite place to eat on campus was when you attended UIUC. Sure. I am not sure if it's still open, but there was a restaurant called Zaz on Green Street, okay. and that was my favorite place to go. It's on Green Street, and it's a, a little a little shop. You can make your own salad, sandwich, mm -hmm. et cetera. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then what was your favorite place to study on campus? Like, where would you usually be when you had, like, a huge chest or something? Yeah, I, I went to um, either the main library or sometimes if I was up for the walk, I would go to the law library. And then was there any class or professor that stuck out to you or was very integral to your education at UIUC? Yeah, so I had an experience in Spain, in Granada, Spain, in the immersion program. And so I worked really closely with my professors in Granada who were hired and trained by U of I. So they are U of I professors. Um, but I, you know, just because I was living there and exploring this new country and learning this new language, I would say that my relationship with those professors were the strongest. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I still keep in touch with a few of them and I actually went back last April to visit my host family and to visit the school. Oh, awesome. That's so cool. So were you studying abroad in Granada or? I was. I was there for the spring of 2008. Mm -hmm. I minored in Spanish. I knew it would be relevant and really important to have Spanish language skills uh, working in public schools. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that is actually really cool. Um, so kind of just diving into the field that you're working in right now. Um, so I'm also a psychology student, and so um, I realized that there are like many facets of psychology, and they're all very applicable, whether it's so so social psychology or, or organizational psych. Um, so how did you know that therapy and working with people at, uh, of all ages was your calling? And how did you know what kind of psychology you kind of wanted to dive into? Sure. So, so I actually wasn't sure what type of psychology I wanted to focus on at U of I. And so I really appreciated the broad introduction to the field. I worked in research labs. I studied social psychology, developmental psychology, um, etc. And I think I, I got a really good sense of how broad the field can be. Mm -hmm. um, and then during my senior year, I attended this panel of various alumni who studied psychology who then went off and and did social work or counseling or research and I was really drawn to the experiences of the professionals that were working in the school and so I continued to explore and do shadowing and and do research in in terms of what it looks like to uh, focus on mental health in the school and that's really what led me to social work. Yeah, definitely. And that kind of leads me into my next question of um, what drives you in your career? Sure. Uh, what what drives me? The perseverance of children and families is to me so inspiring. You know, I work with families that have faced 
unimaginable stress and trauma and mental health illness and developmental disabilities and the the love and the passion that they have for one another and the openness they have to me inviting me into their family to support them is is really just so uh, motivating for me. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure with the psychology background, you were kind of hoping to work with people and kind of get to know people's backgrounds a lot more, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I understand that you recently transitioned to working in a private practice. Um, how does this experience differ from other experiences you've had or how, how are they similar? Sure. So I worked in various Uh, schools over the last 10 years as a school social worker, providing group and individual counseling, supporting teachers and families. And over the last year or two, I started to consider making a shift to private practice for a couple of reasons. Um, When you're working in a school, you're one of many, you're part of a team, which is what makes it so fantastic and such good work. But with that, you're not always able to um, have the time and space to work with kids the way you want to. And, And so in my private practice role, I have an hour each week with children with their families uninterrupted, um, really focused on their specific needs and their specific goals. Um, Working in a school was wonderful and um, I learned so much. I grew so much as as a social worker, as a therapist. Um, but, But there are definitely unique challenges when it comes to working in a school. For example, you know, you could have a field trip one week the next week is a math test, the next week is a classroom party, and then you've gone a whole month without seeing your student. Mm -hmm. And so I really appreciate the consistency and the privacy that comes with working in a private practice. Do you think that this is something that you would want to do long term or do you have any projects that you're kind of working on? Yeah, that's a good question. I definitely see myself working in the private practice world long term. I'm also interested in in higher education and in teaching. Mm -hmm. And I just started working as a field liaison for Loyola University um, School of Social Work on the side. And so what that means is I am responsible for supporting a cohort of school social work students as they navigate their way through their uh, second year of graduate school and their internship. So I am really interested in also working with young adults and new social workers who are um, just getting started. Awesome. Yeah, that is really cool. And from your experience, I see that you were a therapy intern um, in your time at U of I. Would you say that your um, internships and your time as a student um, kind of gaining experience helped you a lot in where you are now? Yeah, the the hands-on community-based internships are really where all the learning is. Um, You know, classes give you that introduction and and help you create that worldview and the mindset necessary to work with people, but the learning really happens when you're out in the community. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then going back to your time at UIUC and kind of the beginning of your career, um, can you recall any resources that helped you further your interest on campus um, in psychology and in therapy? Yeah, yeah. So um, I did volunteer with Best Buddies throughout my sophomore year, and, and that was really interesting for me. That was the first time I 
worked with adults with developmental needs and I was paired up with a buddy and we had weekly phone calls. We went bowling and, and various outings and it really sort of opened my mind up to um, the broader mental health needs and developmental needs of our community and up to that point I had only worked with little kids so so this was a, a really good experience for me. I also spent some time at the Boys and Girls Club in Champaign um, throughout the first semester of my junior year and so that um, you know as you can imagine was just a, an incredible experience. And then also I just want to ask um, based on your personal experience what would you say is the best advice for someone who wants to work in a similar career? And what have you personally learned from all your experience in mental health? Sure. I, I would say for someone who's a student, um, my advice is to not be afraid to reach out to people in the community and, and ask for help, ask for advice, ask for connections. The, the mental health community is uh, so giving, so wonderful, so supportive. And everybody's been there. Everybody was a college student at one point and knows what it takes to to get to um, a successful point in your career. And, and so people are willing to talk on the phone, have you shadow them at their job, connect you to their colleagues and their peers. And so, um, you know, I, th that's always just been so helpful, uh, not being afraid to ask for help, not being afraid to ask for an introduction. Yeah, definitely. And then um, what, what have you learned personally from all your experiences? So something that's talked a lot about in, in, in undergrad and in grad school but doesn't really resonate until you're doing the work is the importance of taking care of yourself so that you can do a good job mm -hmm. at, at work. Um, and and we, we hear about self-care, we talk about self-care, um, but I think especially right now during the times that we are in at this point, mm -hmm. um, self-care has become more clearly a very, very important part of the job. Um, learning to turn work off, close the computer, turn your phone off, and do things for yourself and for your family and, and for your own mental health. Um, that's really what I can say is the most important um, tool for any aspiring mental health clinician is, is to identify ways that you can take care of yourself and get into these habits now as a college student um, before you really need them. Yeah, definitely. And I think especially in today's day and age with like so much technology and social media, it's so important to get away from that um, mm -hmm. so, uh, here and there, definitely. Um, so kind of broader, um, how do you think that mental health and the stigma around it has transitioned over the years? Because obviously in your, um, in your positions, you must have seen how mental health has changed so significantly. So what's your take on that? Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. So in graduate school, my first year of graduate school, I worked for an agency that went into schools with that exact mission to eliminate the stigma, um, essentially to prevent suicide and to prevent high school students from feeling like they can't ask for help. And so at that point in time, that's when I really realized that, huh, there, there still is such a stigma 
and so many people are so scared to ask for help. I think over the the last decade, um, in part due to social media, due to um, movies and TV shows that have come out, it does feel like more and more people are talking about mental illness and mental health needs. I think that the stigma is still there um, for a variety of reasons, um, which is why I found it so important to um, work with children in schools um, and incorporate mental health care into the general curriculum so that teachers are comfortable talking about it and administrators are comfortable talking about it and, and parents and kids as well. Yeah, definitely. And working in schools, um, you must have seen like faculty who are working um, with mental health and stuff. Do you think most schools do have enough faculty um, that are there for students um, associated with mental health and any issues that they might be undergoing? The short answer is no. Mm -hmm. um, most schools do not. I think there's a shift right now that's happening especially across Chicago, mm -hmm. um, with this with this priority to hire at least one social worker in every building. Mm -hmm. I've been really lucky. I've worked in schools that have had multiple social workers or a social worker and a counselor or also a full-time psychologist. And even in that case, um, there are times when it felt like I was drowning in work. Mm -hmm. And so um, I can't imagine a, a kindergarten through eighth grade school with a part-time social worker. Um, there are just so many needs out there and so many resources and so much knowledge that a social worker or a counselor can bring to a school environment. And I think that's also something we're working towards just to incorporate that a lot more and kind of get rid of that stigma of mental health because school, I feel like schools don't incorporate it enough Mm -hmm. And then in today's day and age of COVID, um, we've been seeing rates of depression and anxiety kind of increasing. Um, in your personal experiences lately, have you seen a change in mental health and kind of how people are approaching things or anything like that? Sure. I think one thing I'm noticing is that, you know, the, the mental health needs of a member of a family always impact the other family members, but right now it seems to be impacting them more significantly because families are spending so much time at home. And so what I'm hearing from a lot of families are, are things such as, you know, my child struggled a little bit with this for the last couple of years, but then as soon as COVID hit, mm -hmm. it became more clear and more significant and it is now impacting sister and brother and mom and dad and and you know families are used to leaving and reuniting at night and that isn't happening and um, I, I'm noticing that more um, parents and siblings are seeking therapy as well to provide support with with um, just spending so much time together and, and feeling like um, there isn't necessarily a place to go for themselves to take care of themselves. And lastly, I just want to ask you, um, your passion in psychology and mental health, do you feel like you're, um, like, in your role right now, you're fulfilling that passion? I do. I do think so. Um, I, one of my favorite things about working in private practice is that you have such a wide range of 
clients and needs. And so I work with kids as young as five, all, all the way up to young adults as old as 25 or 26. Um, and a wide range of mental health, emotional, developmental needs. And so I really, um, I feel like the days are busy and they fly by and they um, are extremely fulfilling. That's great, yeah. And you're mentioning um, working with people of all ages and that must require some skill set of being able to um, just kind of talk to people of different ages and understand their perspectives. So what do you think is like the biggest skill or takeaway from um, just working with people of so like different ages? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, my initial training in the field was when I was much younger and I worked with um, children and teens with developmental disabilities, um, in particular on the autism spectrum. And that's been a, a big part of my career as well, working with individuals with autism. And one thing that we talk about all the time in the autism world is, you know, one person with autism, so you know one person with autism. Essentially, everybody is different. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, is the case for, for all mental health needs. You know one person with anxiety, so you know one person with anxiety. You know one 10-year-old, so you know one 10-year-old. Um, so I really try to individualize my approach, um, not based on age, not based on diagnosis, but just based on that person. Um, and, and, you know, really taking the time to get to know who they are, what they care about, what's important to them, um, and, and, you know, just kind of individualizing their treatment needs. Yeah, definitely. That's a great approach. Um, all right. Well, I think that's about it. So thank you so much for joining me today. It was great talking to you and understanding more about your career and your passion. Thank you so much for having me.